You, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. <laughs> I'm Kyler Bingham, and you're listening to the Salt Lake Dirt Podcast. Today, we start our special coverage of the Slam Dance Film Festival 2021. Now, like all film festivals in this current world climate, we are doing it a bit differently. Um, Slam Dance is doing a, a pretty incredible thing. They are putting it um, all online, on demand from February 12th to 25th. Now, you can get a full access pass, which includes over 100 films. You get uh, filmmaker Q&As, jury and audience award presentations, workshops with filmmakers, all kinds of really neat panels um, with notable Slam Dance alumni. Very, very cool. It is going on for two weeks, which Slam Dance typically goes on for, for one week. So this is two weeks on demand. You have access to all this, and it is only $10. So if you go on over to slamdance.com, you can uh, pick up your virtual ticket. I think the, the coolest thing about this is how accessible Slamdance has made this to everyone world, you know, world round. Uh, it's disappointing we can't all meet together, go to Park City, meet filmmakers, writers, journalists, uh, all kinds of people involved in, uh, in, the, in these amazing films. And then the people who come to see these films are, are just as incredible. Um, it's a bummer we can't sit in an audience and enjoy it that way. But the cool thing is so many more people are going to be able to see these films this year. Uh, it's so accessible. It is cheap. It's incredible that they're doing this. So thank you, Slam Dance, for um, being awesome as always. Okay, so for the episode today, we're going to talk to the filmmakers behind two separate films. The first one is called Man Under Table, or I'm Writing a Movie. And uh, the director, writer, star is Noel David Taylor, who we'll be talking to shortly. And I just want to read the logline for the film. In an anachronistic dystopian landscape, a beleaguered young man attempts to navigate his way through the indie film scene in L.A. Um, I really love this film. And for the second half of the episode, we'll discuss the film A Black Rift Begins to Yawn. Um, we'll be joined by director Matthew Wade as well as the stars Sarah Lynch and Sarah McDonald. So look for that on the second half of the show. Okay, so without further ado, let's talk to Noel David Taylor. Okay, welcome everybody. We are back and we have uh, filmmaker Noel David Taylor. His film Man Under Table, or I'm Writing a Movie, is premiering at Slamdance. Um, and kind of a new version of Slam Dance, but it's still equally as exciting. Um, welcome to Salt Lake Dirt Podcast, Noel. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, well, I love the film. I actually watched it twice. Uh, it was definitely my kind of film. And I, I was, uh, yeah, I was just la I was watching it by myself and laughing out loud, and I don't typically do that. So um, you have a that fan. A yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe... Um, we could just ask about, uh, so you wrote, directed it, starred in it. Maybe you could talk about the genesis of the film. And, um, I'm curious about when you, when you shot the film as well. Yeah, totally. Uh, so, you know, I think after just sort of bouncing around in, uh, the indie film scene in LA, you know, 
doing everything you can, uh, meeting some, some great people and some not so great people, uh, you know, <laughs> stories just start to sort of collect. And I think I was so embroiled in like a lot of ego and, uh, just like gnarly narcissism and, and stuff like that, that, you know, comes along with the territory that I couldn't really help, but start writing this, you know, sort of satire on that world. Um, and it, it didn't take me terribly long to write. I just sort of, um, every day wrote a little bit and, uh, that was, you know, that was a couple years ago writing it. And then I shot the movie about over a year, uh, just in like little chunks when I could, you know, figure it out. Great. Yeah. We were talking, I know, so I know you filmed it before, like I'd read an interview, you said that, and then I read an interview, um, recently that there were people were just kind of commenting on, um, there's people wearing masks in it and they're like, Oh, did you film this during the pandemic? And Nope, it was, it was done well before. So almost prophetic in a way, which was, it was interesting watching it. It just felt like, um, like a little insight into, into my mind during the pandemic. And I think a lot of people could relate. It just had this feeling of, uh, being alone, but being like squashed by people. I don't know if that makes sense. It was, it was pretty interesting. So I think it, um, a great movie at any time, but definitely is kind of an interesting time for it to come out. Uh, so I think it's um, it's exciting that people are getting to. I think a lot more people are going to see this with the the way Slam Dance is doing it this year. Very cool. How um, ten bucks to be a part of the whole festival, and um, that's going to bring in so many more people. So I think that's that's one benefit of doing it this way. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a, it's just an awesome film, and um, I'm glad I'm glad you made it. Um, I am bummed that yeah, man, even though I'm excited that it's, a lot of people are going to see it, it's definitely a shame that um, Slam Dance isn't happening. And I just found out yesterday the Joshua Tree thing is not happening either, which is a real bummer for you guys. But um, yeah, hopefully you can you know connect with a lot of people in the you know once it once it comes out on a february 12th um i guess uh I, i'm kind of curious about your background are you from los angeles or, or or where are you from originally and what kind of films were you influenced by uh growing up because you, you you know definitely um on all levels writer director actor um you, you've been drawn to all that yeah totally um well i grew i grew up in england uh parents are english and uh we kind of went back and forth a lot and uh and then we, we we settled in california northern california but i think you know as far as like that that english influence was is super huge i grew up with all the like 80s 90s uh bbc comedies you know uh things that like people might know like black adder and, and monty python and mm -hmm. um that's a little older but whatever you know uh mm -hmm. and like um young ones, uh, stuff like that, you know, the, the, these sort of um, surrealist, uh, almost improv comedy things. So I think that that was like my genesis into uh, what I liked and, and what I understood. And then from there, you know, my, my parents just watched a ton of movies and my mom specifically got me into like classics at an early age. So I just, I loved, like all the universal monster movies, like, you know, Hitchcock, Fritz Lang, uh, you know, 
all the French films, you know, I can go on for, for days, but like all, all, the, all the classics I grew up with. So I think there's something very like languid and, and, and nice about those films. Yeah, definitely. Totally, I agree. Um, I was, uh, the guy, I think the Lyle TV, the Lyle guy in the film was like hilarious, but infuriating. And like, the, the scary thing is, it's, I mean, it's a satire, yes, but like there are people out there like that, these YouTube stars. Um, how did you, so the actor who played Lyle, uh, how did you find that guy? He was incredible. He, Robert Mannion, he is one of the funniest guys. I actually, a friend of mine was working on a short and he, uh, she was just sort of like popping her friends into roles that she needed. And he played a small character in her short um, that I was helping out on. And uh, I was just watching him and cracking up. Uh, just such a funny guy, really good at improv. Uh, just knows how to play that like asshole character, you know, like perfectly. <laughs> um so funny so i just immediately uh yeah asked him to do it and he was like sure <laughs> yeah that easy and and you know everything he's saying in the movie that they're prompted but he's just rattling on i mean i have so much footage of him just i mean it's it's endless it's so funny oh it's yeah it's definitely watch for that if you when you see when you see the film it's i mean i love the whole thing but this guy i was looking forward to any anytime i hated him but it was like it was perfect. He uh, and, it. Yeah, it was so good. And then, and and also with the um, the executives that kept popping up, where you were just throwing words at them, and they would respond. And I mean, like, so I, I live in Salt Lake City, but I come to LA um, as much as I can. And I, I love when I go with writer friends or whatever. We go to screenings, and then a, a lot of that stuff just is so like it's so dead on because it's like, what do you what do you do like? Or what are you working on? Do I know you from something? And nope, I live in Utah. I'm a high school teacher. <laughs> but totally. it's, it's um, I love it. So I mean, it messed with them too. It's like it's a fun, um, yeah. It, it's just, it's just on the nose, man. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, again, a friend of mine, Elisa, uh, who's who's plays one of the execs. Um, she found uh, the other actor Frank from uh, an acting uh, class that she was in, and they just. They had worked together on a bunch of stuff so they, they played together so well but yeah i mean i think it was one of those things where like having some meetings or being around those people i think i kept like a little notebook when i heard just like dumb you know little quotes that was that were just confounding and i just kind of tried to squish all that into the vibe of those yeah no it's so dead on and it's like i mean those uh you hear those exact phrases from multiple people if you if you if you're in LA long enough and you know around the business so it was just I mean and it's hilarious but it's like uh yeah I can't say it I can't say enough good things about the soul I'm so happy oh thank you so much yeah um let's see any anything else you want to add um I know I was looking on, on your IMDb page you have another um film in post-production right now as a writer mm. yeah okay um yeah something I wrote um I think God, a, a year or two ago now. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, anything else you want to add about the film? I mean, um, I will. I will say briefly, like like you said, um, I'm glad you brought up the 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 mask thing and and the vibe of of so much of that. It was a really weird experience to 
I mean, the, the joke was obviously that LA is toxic, you know, and that we have to wear masks outside. And, and, uh, and then as, as <laughs> I'm editing it, this, this um, pandemic starts and it starts to feel really weird. And there's a couple other little things in it that are, that are weirdly, um, like there's a scene or a couple scenes where the main character's drinking uh, uh, hydrogen peroxide or, or mm-hmm. rubbing alcohol. Yeah. which kind of weirdly felt like, you know, people <laughs> with their home COVID re- remedies. Yeah. It was odd. It was not experienced to, to yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously that stuff was shot. Did, did you find yourself in the editing room? Um, like, obviously you had the, you had the film in mind, but, um, and, and I suppose anyone, whenever they're editing or writing or whatever, acting, they're influenced by kind of, what they're going through in that moment. Do you, do you find that the, the editing process was um, influenced by kind of the isolation and everything that's going on with all of us right now? Yeah, I mean, I can't see how, how it would be. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, you know, it, it's just, I guess it's a, a lot of it's coincidence, just, you know, LA is a, a lonely, suffocating place. So like mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that just kind of bleeds into maybe how uh, pressure pressurized we all feel about that subject now but yeah for sure you, yeah on those things and sitting there being like what's in your mind <laughs> yeah and i think it's like I, I was talking to a filmmaker um yesterday and they they also had not as much as yours but i, I definitely like there it was a film and i think a lot of the time sometimes with other filmmakers it's the budget so they don't have a lot of people in mm. it so there's a, this kind of like isolated feeling um, and this particular movie, it was awesome, but but these people were just uh, two women were kind of in the in a cabin in the middle of nowhere, and that's the film. And um, it just had a lot of like, I thought they had filmed it during the pandemic, and then they filmed it in 2017. And so it was just kind of like this weird, like pro- like prophetic. And I'm curious to see. Um, yours is the first film I saw, I and mean, then I've I've seen a few, and I've I've been doing Sundance. Um, so I'm kind of. I haven't seen a ton just yet. So I'm, I'm really curious to see the stuff that's going out there. And we were talking about how, like when you get a new car, you start seeing that exact same car everywhere you go because your, totally. your, your brain is primed for that. So I don't know if it's that um, either way. It's just, it's just interesting. And you know, it, it's, it is interesting. Yeah. The, uh, I think there's, um, there's some thing mystic to be said of, of like the collective unconscious sort of like mm-hmm. gearing up, to it or something because yeah there have been a few things that i feel were sort of prophetic like that um but yeah great um oh one last question the so just this is pretty much an like all on your your own uh as far as like editing writing um camera work or did you have a cinematographer work with you i I did i had two of um two of my like uh colleagues that i've worked with on on some other stuff uh helped me shoot certain certain parts of it so i did have a very limited crew of two other people for maybe 40 30 40 percent of the film something like that yeah great and then um also one thing i've been really appreciating this this with this online festival thing is um being able to watch and listen to the film with good with a good set of hair headphones and you just pick up on so many more things that you wouldn't have heard in like the tiny little theater um, up in up in Park City. I mean, you are watching it alone, which is, you know, it's, it's sometimes something to be said about watching films with a crowd, 
but it is i think a film that really like stands on its own two feet when when you're just by yourself watching it and you can like be like oh i hate this movie or i love this movie and there's nothing um outside like the effort to get up to park city the waiting around all that doesn't influence how you receive the movie so i think it's very organic um and that's why i think like like i said i i absolutely loved your film and i'm gonna come back to it but i think that the audio i mean i was just it just was very immersive like um you know i hate to make comparisons but it just like you know it was its own film but david lynch kind of had some of the you know uh similar sensibilities there but um i guess we could just wrap up with talking about the audio and how how you approach that and um yeah totally i think um you know again my influences being sort of uh i mean i watched a lot of cartoons when i was a kid i, I probably know i'm probably like a walking encyclopedia of hanna barbera at, at this point um and i think uh and a lot of like like i said the bbc comedies rely a lot on on like audio jokes and i think uh i've really gotten to into the habit of of as i'm even as i'm writing stuff like i know when the the audio jokes are going to come in um because you know you can do you can just layer so much more into anything if you um make this soundscape of of you can almost have another scene going on you know with mm -hmm. all these sound effects mm -hmm. and nonsense um and i i definitely wanted it to feel you know dreamlike or surreal or cartoonish um uh and so yeah I'm, I'm glad you said that um i'm glad that you enjoyed that it's uh it's really fun for me to just like i'm on sound effects libraries all day you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's the sound effect folders for this film are out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can imagine <laughs> great well um yeah thank you so much for taking the time to to speak with me and um i'm really hoping a lot of people uh get to see this i i, I know it'll find its audience like it, it it's so good that it will find the people that it is meant for so thank you so much Noel. Oh, well um, thank you so much that's, that's so kind I, I, yeah absolutely so uh once again folks make sure you go see man under table or i'm writing a movie and um you will not be disappointed okay thanks so much thanks so much man. Okay, so that was Noel David Taylor. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I, like I said, I love Man Under Table. Um, you guys need to check that film out. Okay, so our second film today, we are talking about uh, the film called A Black Rift Begins to Yawn. And we were fortunate enough to get three people involved in the film. We have Matthew Wade, the director. And then we have the two main uh, characters, the cast, Sarah Lynch and Sarah McDonald. And again, I'm just going to read the log line for the film. As two former classmates dig into their deceased professor's set of cassette tapes, which possibly contain recordings of strange signals from beyond the stars, they begin to feel memories, the chronology of time, and their identities slip into obscurity. Okay, so let's talk to Matthew, Sarah, and Sarah. Okay, so thanks for joining us, uh, you three. Uh, I guess my first question, I'm really curious of w where you guys filmed this. Um, and then how did the idea for the film come about? And then also, Matthew, uh, how did you find the two main actors, Sarah and Sarah? We shot this in and around Boise, Idaho. So the 
stuff in town and in the hotel is all downtown Boise. And the stuff in the cabins is about an hour and a half outside of Boise. Um, and the idea kind of came from a book that I wanted to write about the Black Knight satellite, which is this kind of conspiracy theory that's existed for about a hundred or so years about this possible alien satellite that's orbiting Earth. And I thought it was an interesting idea to kind of jump off and do something with, but I wasn't really sure what it was. And then as I was writing the idea, I was like kind of interested in how people might isolate themselves and the idea of a conspiracy theory starting to overtake them might sort of start unraveling their, their minds and kind of their perception of their reality. Kind of the more you believe in something, the more it kind of affects you, I guess, was kind of the, the genesis of it. And then I wrote the parts for these two and kind of played off of the duality that already existed between Sarah and Sarah, both redheads, both had worked together uh, both were confused, confused other people. Um, so we kind of layered that in into it with the characters. Thought that would be like a fun way to play with it because I became more interested in less interested in the conspiracy theory and more interested in its effect on people's mentality once they're kind of exposed to it. Okay, so this question is for Sarah and Sarah. I'm just curious what your experience was like making the film. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really just you two in it through the, throughout the whole thing. There's, there's one small scene, I believe, with, uh, with one other individual. But you two carry the film. So I, I'm just curious uh, how you approached that and what it was like. And, uh, yeah. Uh, it was a blast. We kind of... We hadn't really worked together as actors, but we already had a close relationship being good friends. So we were able to play this dynamic of like extreme tension, sometimes feeling like in hatred with that trust because we had that pre-existing relationship. So I'm super grateful that we were able to play those scenes so fearlessly. And uh, Sarah is an artist as well. So we knew she would be comfortable in the environment and blend right in. I think um, it was easier just like as an artist realizing that there's an end product and you're just a cog in the wheel. So you just show up and, you know, do your part as best as you can. And if that means um, kind of glaring at one of your really good friends for a really long time in an awkward scene, and then as soon as the scene is over, just go right back to being, you know, normal good friends, it went swimmingly, so. That's great. I, I'm curious uh when you when you all made the film how, how long ago was this that it was shot uh we shot, shot it in 2017 um we shot it in the summer of 2017 and then we picked it up in the winter of 2017 um to shoot the two sections but yeah it was all shot it was all shot before i think our last day of shooting was like december 23rd 2017. oh wow so it's interesting because I feel I, I can't really articulate it. I've seen a couple films, um, both up at Sundance right now, and then uh, then another one I have in mind um, at Slam Dance. And it almost I I can't maybe because we've all been living in kind of a bubble for the past year. Uh, it it just it seemed like I, like I said I can't put my finger on it, but it had like this 
timely feel to it, like a, a very lonely, um, confusing feel, which, so I thought you, you possibly had filmed it during the pandemic, especially because there was really only the two of you in it. So it has a feel yeah. like very, I mean, I hate the word rebel, relevant sometimes, but it, it just feels very timely. Um, so take that for what it, for what it's worth. I don't know. Yeah, we, we all were, we were thinking that too. And we weren't sure, like, so we, we actually, we sat on the movie. I had it pretty much finished, post pretty much done by late 2019, early 2020. Um, the film was completely finished and we were going to start sending it out, but then South by canceled. And we sort of started to see the domino effect of all of those things. So we were like, I guess we're gonna hold off sending it out and just see where this goes. And then the summer, the first festival we sent it to was Slam Dance. Um, Cause we were like, if any festival is gonna get this, it will be them. Yeah. And um, sent it to a couple, but Slam Dance was the first one. And that was in the summer. And we were like, maybe by December, people will be back in Park City. Like we just, you know, we didn't know, but the whole time as it's been going and then the Joshua Tree thing was gonna happen and that got canceled and it was like, yeah, it feels like terribly timely, like almost like, yeah, we were kind of afraid that people were gonna be like, oh, these hacky filmmakers like made this movie during the pandemic to exploit it. But we, yeah, it, it was done before we even knew what COVID was, like the film was finished. So it's weird that it's happening now. Maybe the, maybe the timeliness of what programmers are watching affected that. Like even, it, I agree, like we've been watching some stuff. I have some buddies with films at Sundance and it, it definitely feels that way. Like, I agree. They, there's very much this feeling like maybe people were taking these films because they seemed to resonate now, you know, about loneliness and isolation. It is yeah. just, it's crazy having this project that we made so long ago, as we we're getting ready to put it out into the world, we're realizing like, I am now living some of these moments that I played in this movie. It's so weird. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> what did you say? I said I have nothing to add. I fully agree. <laughs> the feeling of isolation in between the scenes kind of just resonates with that feeling of isolation of just, you know, the times. And then also, like, totally not on purpose again, um, all this stuff coming up with, like, the dangers of conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And so we're like, just again, like, this thing that I feel like was made right now. <laughs> that's funny yeah I, I just saw a film the other day and um they're walking around with masks on um a lot a lot of the time and and he filmed it way before there was any <laughs> anything COVID related so yeah. just like a lot of weird and maybe we're just seeing things like when you when you buy a certain car and you start seeing that car wherever you go uh yeah I don't know but it, I mean either way very cool I didn't realize the Joshua Tree thing got canceled that's that's a bummer yeah 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 we kind of were suspecting it might um just because yeah california's yeah it's shut down so we were just like <laughs> probably not gonna happen and so i don't think we were surprised but yeah that's a bummer. it's a bummer that we can't do the uh in-person thing at least just to chat with folks that's the fun part of us yeah i guess like the one of the i've been thinking about one of the especially with slam dance in particular 
um, how they've made it just 10 bucks to see all the films. So anyone, so I have a lot of friends from all over the country. I live in Salt Lake, so I go, I go up there every year. I'm fortunate that way, but a lot of my friends, you know, they, they'd like to see the films, but they, they just don't, you know, it's a, a lot of effort and money to come out if you're not directly involved with something. So I think you're going to have way more um, exposure and people exposed to the film um, early on, which yeah. is, is really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually very pro how Slamdance has handled this. Like, I really like this idea of removing the barrier of like pretension about a film festival. Like yes. only people that have the means to go to the festival get to see the movie premieres, which I've always thought was kind of a gross thing. And it's just like, it's the nature of how it's set up. And I understand it's like, you know, expensive to do, but I really love that film students now are like going to be able to watch Sundance movies and Slamdance movies and stuff like, I think removing that sort of gate, hopefully will bring in a lot more people that were kind of weird kids like me that liked discovering strange movies and it kind of unlocked that part of your brain that was like, maybe I want to make something someday. Um, so yeah, I hope, I hope a ton of people see it and the more the merrier. Yeah. yeah. Board. That's great. No, I think uh, I, I was, you know, because when you go to, have you been to Park City for Sundance before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you probably know this feeling Then you go up there, at least with me, I go up there. And even though I live here, it's still a lot of, you know, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of waiting. Um, and I think sometimes that, that shifts my judgment if a film is good or not. So I like, I want to love everything I see. And so even if a, a movie kind of sucks, I'm like, oh, it was really good. Um, so <laughs> one thing I like about yeah this approach is I'm, I'm, I'm here by myself. And, and by the way, I loved your film. So I'm here by myself at home and I'm able to just like, you know, there, there's, there's some pros there where you could definitely like be more objective and be like, Oh, I really like this film or I really did not care for this certain Yeah. Film. We were actually talking last night about how we, cause we were watching, we've been watching some Sundance films and we were talking last night about, I really wonder if this is going to, change the trajectory of the whole movie season moving forward because it's like you have a lot of hype going into you're seeing a movie at the egyptian let's say at sundance so you've got like the big line and you've got all the hype and people going in and you're really excited and you're kind of championing the movie with that energy versus being at home and watching something kind of like you're saying with this kind of objectivity that doesn't have any hype or any sort of thing behind it i'm kind of curious like i mean we'll never know but it's like which films would have really popped because of the press and the hype in Park City versus the ones that maybe popped this time because there was sort of something about them that people related to on a more personal level, just seeing it in their living room or in their bed with a glass of wine. Like, right. I was completely differently, you know, depending on how I'm seeing them the same way. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think it'd be cool if they could do, like in the future, we have the in-person and then they allow people to purchase a pass online i think that would be great um that would open the door for so many more people oh one one more question this is one i had uh another thing about viewing it at home um you know i've been listening i've been watching and, and have a nice pair of headphones for all of the films so that's a really different um experience than when you, when you go to the films you know sometimes in person the audio isn't isn't the greatest or, or a lot of things you know don't come across as the filmmaker had intended or you just don't hear it so i think i mean your film 
there was a lot of subtlety and the, the music was you know had such a great feel to it and it was just so, so much more of an experience having good quality headphones listening to that so you could see you could hear the the amount of work that went into it so um i'm just curious maybe you could talk about the soundtrack and the and the audio that was that went along uh with the feature sure yeah i'm uh i'm a fellow headphone when i watch movies fan as well because i really like to just be absorbed in it so yeah um, jacob kinch was the sound designer and um, i did the score for it and he mixed it and um we've been working on the sound design since before we shot the movie like um he's the guy i always work with doing sound so even when i'm in the writing phase he and i are pitching ideas back and forth and i'm like um this scene is going to be like this what do you think about this feeling and he'll send me like audio tracks that he likes but then we actually went out and just he and i to all of the actual locations we shot in and for a few days we just went to different spots in those locations and recorded ambient sound and just kind of moved around and get different feels for it. Um, and we played a lot with moving as the camera moves, the sound moves too, but it's very subtle, but like even the environment turns and we were like doing that kind of stuff when we were out there. Um, so yeah, the sound, I, I love, I love sound design aspects. So, I mean, I love that as much as any other part of making a movie. So I'd go over to Jake's place for weeks at a time and we would just sit down and we would watch one scene over and over and over again, tweaking the audio, tweaking the audio. And then I was writing the soundtrack at the same time. So I would be sending him rough scratch tracks of what I had done. We would put it in there. We would be like, eh, it's not the right mood, but we were doing a lot of that back and forth stuff. Um, during the pandemic, when everyone was sort of isolated, we lived in the same apartment building. So we were the only ones in and out of each other's apartments. So there was that nice thing where I would come up there, we would sit down with the monitors or with the, the sound system, and we would kind of just finesse things over time. But it allowed us a lot of time to kind of play with and stretch those ideas. And we were just sitting on the film with no where to send it, basically. Right. Well, yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. So that was, that was awesome to hear it. And yeah. I mean, that sounds like you put a lot of work into that. So nice that it came across. Um, okay. Anything else you guys want to say about the film before we wrap it up? Thanks to, thanks for anyone who watches it. Like, thank you for supporting little movies. Uh, that we, yeah, seven people made this movie from beginning to end, seven people touched it, like actors wow. and crew included. So there's definitely this little labor of love that we made. So we're, we're stoked that people are, uh, people are getting it. And thanks awesome. for having us, so excited. What an honor. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great film. And I, I know a lot of people are gonna enjoy it. And like I said, so many more people are gonna be exposed to it and get to see it and enjoy it. So, um, you know, for all the bad that this this past year, you know, the bad things that we've been thrown, there's some ways we've adapted and there's some definitely some positives uh, that came out of it that we hadn't anticipated. Um, so, yeah, thanks for taking the time. And um, I'm excited to hear all the response when when Sundance kicks off pretty soon. Slam dance. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Thank appreciate you. it. Thanks. Okay. Nice meeting you all. You too. You too.